mystery of the cross I cannot comprehend the agonies of Calvary you the perfect holy one crushed your son who drank the bitter cup reserved for me your blood has washed away my sin jesus thank you the father's wrath completely satisfied jesus thank you once your enemy now seated at your table jesus thank you by your perfect sacrifice i've been brought near your enemy you've made your friend pouring out the riches of your glorious grace your mercy and your kindness know no end your blood has washed away my sin jesus thank you the father's wrath completely satisfied jesus thank you once your enemy now seated at your table jesus thank you lover of my soul i want to live for you lover of my soul i want to live for you because your blood has washed away my sin jesus thank you the father's wrath completely satisfied jesus thank you once your enemy now seated at your table jesus thank you in christ alone my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, and my song. I love this message in this song. So let's sing In Christ Alone. I think that's the one that we have up next, all right? My light, my strength, my song. Awesome. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace. When fears are stilled, when striving cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless babe, 
This gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save, till on that cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied, for every sin on him was laid. Here in the death of Christ I live. There in the ground his body lay. Light of the world by darkness slain. Then bursting forth in glorious day. Up from the grave he rose again. And as he stands in victory, since curse has lost its grip on me, for I am his and he is mine. But with the precious blood of Christ, no guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no schemes of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ, I'll stand. Worthy is the Lamb. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the price you paid, bearing all my sin and shame. And love you came, and you gave amazing grace. What an awesome message, and let's sing about that tonight. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the price you paid, bearing all my sin and shame. In love you came and gave amazing grace. Thank you for this love, Lord. Thank you for the nail-pierced Wash me in your cleansing flow. Now all I know, your forgiveness and embrace. I crown you now with many crowns. You reign victorious. High and lifted up. Jesus, Son of God, the King of heaven, crucified worthy is the Lamb. let's go back from the top again right 
Thank you for this love, Lord. Thank you for the nail-pierced hands. Wash me in your cleansing flow. Now all I know, your forgiveness and embrace. Last song, Reckless Love. Let's sing that one. Love that song. Great message. Let's sing that. Yeah. Guys, all the verses in this song are an awesome, awesome message. Like, just really soak this in as you sing it to God because it is an awesome Before message. Before I spoke a word, you, you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You have been so, so kind to me. And all the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. How it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. And I couldn't earn it, and I don't deserve it. Still you give yourself away. How the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. When I was your foe, still your love fought for me. You have been so, so good to me. When I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. You have been so, so good to me. And all the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love. 
still I found leaves a ninety-nine And I couldn't earn it And I don't deserve it Still you give yourself away Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God There's no shadow you won't light up Mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. No wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. How it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves a 99. And I couldn't earn it, and I don't deserve it. Still you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Thank you guys for singing so well and for those that were playing. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to First Chronicles chapter 21. First Chronicles chapter number 21, if you would. And, uh, this evening, I just want to bring a quick message on decisions. The last couple of weeks, you've been challenged by Quite a few messages. If you were here for the revival, you've been challenged by four messages there. And then the week after the revival, last Wednesday, I also gave a message to challenge you by. And so there's been at least five messages. If you've been here the last two weeks or so, there's been at least five messages that uh, that were there to challenge you in your walk with God, to challenging uh, you uh, with your relationship with God. And many of you have accepted that challenge. Many of you have made decisions to follow what was shown to you and to say, that's, that's where I want to go. That's what I want to do. That's what path I want to follow. And that takes a decision by every person on their own. And many of you made that decision, but I want to give you just some insight about decisions. I want to give you some truth that the Bible teaches about decisions that I believe you need to know as you begin to go out and live some of the decisions that you've made in the last two weeks. You see, the truth I want you to understand is this, that resistance always comes with change. Resistance always comes with change. When you make a decision that I'm going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to follow the Word of God and live it out, that's a change in your life. In other words, you were going down a path that you knew 
wasn't the path that God had for you. You were making decisions that you knew were not pleasing to God, that were not really in the direction that God would have you to go. And so you made a decision and you made a change to say, I'm not going down that way anymore. I'm changing. And anytime you make a change, there is always resistance. In fact, Isaac Newton said this in the first law of motion. And for some of you that love science, you may have heard this law before, but it says, Everything continues in a state of rest unless it is compelled to change by forces impressed upon it. In other words, if you're in motion, you tend to stay in that direction, in that motion, until something makes you stop. If I were to throw a baseball, I can throw it right at that wall, but it's not going through that wall. The forces of that wall will stop that from continuing to keep going further. The forces of that wall are stronger than the direction and the movement and the motion in which the ball is going. When you make a decision to follow Jesus Christ now, as opposed to when you were walking this way, now something has happened and you have turned. That, that force upon you was strong. But let me tell you, as you make that decision to turn and now follow Christ, there's also resistance on that side. It's not that when I go this way and I'm not living right with God that life is great and nothing happens. No, things happen there and God tries to get your attention and sometimes he allows circumstances and, and difficulties to come into your life because he's trying to turn you around and get back on the right path. But let me tell you something, as you start going on this right path, the path that God would have you to walk, there's also resistance that you're going to find. There's also forces that are going to try to impress themselves to get you to change. So as you make this decision to continue, I want you to know about those forces. The first thing I want you to know tonight, and there's really no notes, so uh, hopefully maybe you can remember this, or if you have a pen, you can write it down in your Bible. But in 1 Chronicles chapter number 21, that's near the beginning of your Bible, 1 Chronicles chapter number 21, it talks about the first principle or truth you need to know about when you make a decision what is that force that's going to try to come into your life and turn you back to where you were before that's going to try to stop you from going in the direction that you were going for god from living out that decision well let me tell you something whenever you make a decision to walk that path you can count on this that the devil hates it the devil hates it the devil's never happy to see you guys here on a wednesday night the devil would love for you to make the excuse in your mind, I have homework, I can't go to church tonight. The, the, the devil would love to make the excuse tonight, well, that girl that I wanted to call me said she'd call me tonight at 7 o'clock. So I can't go to church because i got to be ready for that phone call. The devil would love for you to have 100 million excuses for not being here tonight. Because the devil hates it. The direction in which you're going to follow after God, the devil hates that. The devil hates it when you make a decision to stop talking to a boy you know you shouldn't have been talking to or to a girl that you never should have been dating. The devil hates it when two Christians that are dating begin to say, you know what, maybe it's better if we don't go down this path. Maybe it's better if we don't hold hands right now. Maybe it's better if we don't sneak away alone right now. The devil hates that. And because of that, he'll try to bring resistance. Now, I want you to notice in 1 Chronicles chapter 21 and verse number 1. 
because it's an important verse. Before I read it, I want to tell you what happened in chapter 20. If you read in chapter 20, David and the people of Israel have gone to war. They didn't go to war once. They didn't go to war twice. They didn't even go to the war three times. There in chapter 4, you'll find four different times they were going to war. And each time they went to war, God gave them victory. They went to fight the Philistines, and God gave them victory. They went to go and fight giants in the land of Gath, and God gave them victory. And God was giving them victory after victory after victory. Things were going good for Israel. They, they were seeing that they were doing what God wanted, and God was blessing them. And look at 1 Chronicles 21. The very next chapter, after all these victories in battle, notice that it says, And Satan stood against Israel and pro, uh, provoked David to number Israel. You know, the devil saw that they were winning. The devil saw that God was blessing them. The devil saw that Israel was on the right path. And that's when he stood up against them. You'll notice that when you're going on the wrong path, the devil never stands against you because that's the direction he wants you to go. But anytime you make a decision to follow after God, you can count on this. The devil hates it. And the devil will stand against you. The devil will put pressure to try to change you from that. And let me just say that he usually shows up when things are going right. When things seem to be going great, that's when the devil shows up. Let me just say, if you're in a dating relationship and you're saying, man, we've been so good, me and my boyfriend, we've been so good, that's, that's good, but just remember the devil doesn't like that, and that's usually when he tries to show up. That's usually when the greatest temptation you'll face in your dating life is not when you and your girlfriend are fighting, it's actually when you're actually doing well together, when you're not fighting, when you're so in love. That's when the devil begins to tempt you. That's when the devil will start putting in your mind thoughts of, why don't we try this? And let's go just a little bit farther. Because the devil hates it. And he usually shows up when things are going right just to make them wrong. And let me tell you, the, the, uh, the devil always attacks using, the Bible says, it calls it the wiles of the devil. That means the trickery of the devil. He doesn't play fair. Never. It's amazing to me in my life the times when I decided, you know what? I need to get away from this music because the music I'm listening to really isn't uplifting. It really isn't edifying to Christ. It really isn't something good for my life. It's not building me up. It's not drawing me closer to God. And it was funny because every time I made that decision, and I made it many times when I was in, in high school because it was something that I would fall back into, and then I'd get out and fall back into it. But it seemed like every time that I did that, I'd walk into a store, and they're playing a song that I liked. The, the, the moment that I said, I'm done with it, I'm not going to listen to that no more, I'd walk into a store, and then that, that song's there. And suddenly it started coming in my mind, man, I really like that song. I wonder if I still have that CD. Back then we had CDs, all right? We didn't have phones. I wonder if I had that album. Oh, no, I, I think I threw it away. But you know who does? I think so-and-so has it. I'm going to see if he still has it. And the devil would start working in my mind how I could get that song. And I would tell myself, it's just one song. What's so bad about that? And what was so bad about it is because I was never satisfied with one song. And before I knew it, I would have a whole other collection of CDs. It wasn't song, it was songs all of a sudden. You know why? Because anytime you make a decision to follow God, the devil hates it. The devil will stand against you. The devil will try to be that force that changes the direction in which you're going. 
I want you to know a second truth about this. When I decide to follow the Lord Jesus Christ and His will, not only does the devil hate it, but that decision must be applied immediately in my life or I'll never do it. I'll never do it. Last week, many of you walked out with a baton and you said, I want to continue. I really want to do this. I want this to be a reminder to me of the decision I'm making to continue, not just here at church, but to continue doing what God wants me to do, even at school, even in my relationships, and and even in my life in general. But can I say, if you don't apply immediately that decision, you'll never do it. If you don't decide, you know what, tonight I need to call my boyfriend or girlfriend and say this is over. If you don't decide right now, you know what, I'm going to break off that relationship or I'm not going to go. I was going to go on Friday night to this person's house and I know I shouldn't go. I shouldn't go to that party. I shouldn't hang around with those people. And if you don't decide tonight and make a phone call tonight to say, I'm not going on Friday, I'm sorry, I'm just not going to go, then more than likely you'll be there on Friday. You see, when you make a decision for God, those decisions need to be applied immediately. They need to be practical in your life. If you read Ephesians chapter 4, and we don't have time for it, but if you read Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21 to the end of the chapter, you'll find that Paul is telling those Christians at Ephesus, here's how you practically have to do this. He said, if you're gossiping, you need to stop gossiping. Look for something else to talk about. He said, if you're fornicating, you need to get, around, get away from those areas where that can happen. He said, just make it practical. You see, when you have the new man living in you, when you've been a Christian, the Bible says you are a new creature. Right away, you need to start practicing some of what that means. If you don't make it practical, let me tell you something, it won't last. It won't last. I like what Francis Bacon said, and I'm going to tell you what he said. He said, it is not what men eat, but what they digest that makes them strong. Not what we gain, but what we save that makes us rich. Not what we read, but what we remember that makes us learned. Not what we preach, but what we practice that makes us Christians. Basically, Francis Bacon was saying, if you're making a decision to follow Christ, you need to make that something practical. Make that a decision that you practice Not just tonight, but tomorrow. And then again on Friday. And then again on Saturday. And then again on Sunday. It's got to be something that you do in your life. Make it practical. Why? Because anytime you make a decision, the devil hates it. He's going to try to get you off of that decision. Anytime you don't make it practical, you won't be living that decision long. And let me just tell you this last truth about decisions, and it's this. You must understand tonight, you'll never fulfill that decision without the control of the Holy Spirit in your life. If you're trying to do it by your own willpower, you'll never do it. You might last for a day. You might last for a week. You might even last for a month or even six months. But it won't be for the rest of your life. Nobody has that kind of willpower. Nobody can defeat the human fleshly nature that we have on their own. You need to have the Holy Spirit controlling you. Zechariah 4, 6, this verse says like this. In Zechariah 4, in verse number 6, he said, uh, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord. 
not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. God was telling the people of Israel, listen, you're not going to overcome your enemies just because you have a superior army. How many know that in history there have been battles and there have been wars that have been lost by armies that were bigger than the other army? And as Americans, listen, we should know that better than anyone. Did you know that the English army was like twice the size of the American army in the American Revolution? We never should have won the war. They should have slaughtered us, but they didn't. You see, because the, the army doesn't, the, I mean, the, 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 the country with the largest army doesn't always win the war. God says, listen, you're not going to win the war on your own strength and on your own power. He says, you're going to have to have my spirit. Can I encourage you with the decisions that you have made? Make them decisions that are going to be lived out, not of your own strength, but in the power of the Spirit. You say, well, pastor, how do I do that? Ask him. The Bible says, if anyone lack wisdom, ask of God, and he will give you liberally. That means he'll give you freely. He'll give you abundantly. Let me ask you something. Did you ask God to help you today at school before you went to first hour? Was it something that you said, God, I need your help to, today if I'm going to live for you? Did you ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, will you guide me in what I'm going to say? Help me not to listen to a joke that I don't need to listen to. Help me not to get angry at a teacher or at, a, at, a, a, at another person in my class that I don't need to be angry with. Help me to live a life that would honor you today at school. Did you pray that? Because I promise you, if you didn't, you probably didn't live a victorious life today. So I, I've done that before without praying. Yeah, you have. Like I said, you can do it maybe once and twice and maybe even for a week. But I guarantee you, you haven't done that and seen victory in your life overall. Because he won't be long before the devil will get you. It won't be long before, if you don't live it out, you'll, you'll stop doing it altogether. You need to have the control of the Holy Spirit. I want to end with this. A man by the name of William Wilberforce. He's probably a name you may not have ever heard of. But he's the man responsible for stopping slavery in England. And it was at least 10 years of being in the courts that William was fighting and fighting the government of England to say slavery is wrong. Slavery should not be practiced. Slavery is something that is against God. It's against uh, what is humanly uh, right and morally correct. And, and they kept turning him down and turning him down and overruling him and overruling him. Can you imagine fighting for something for 10 years and never seeing it happen? At one point during those 10 years, he was, he was exhausted. He was wondering if he could keep going. He was wondering if it was even worth it. And he was very discouraged, and he began to look through his Bible. And as he was just leafing through his Bible like this, a, a note fell out. A note by a friend of his named John Wesley, who was a great preacher there in England. And here's what... That little note that John Wesley wrote him, it said this. It said, unless the divine power has raised you up, I do not see how you can go through your endeavors of ending slavery on your own and in your own power. 
He said, unless God raises you up for this very thing, you'll be worn out by the opposition of men and devils. But he said, but if God be for you, who can be against you? He said, are all of them that are against you stronger than God? He said, be not weary in well-doing. He said, go on in the name of God and in the power of his might. If you read Wilberforce's biography, he said that was the moment that changed everything for him. That was the moment that he said, you know what? With God's power, I'm going to do this. And millions of slaves have been saved because he did not quit. Because he said, I can't do it in my own power, but with God's power and in the, and the spirit of God, I can go and I can do this. Young people, the decision to continue, you can't do it on your own. But you can do it in God's power. I want to encourage you. You make a decision. Man, I'm so happy and proud. I, I can't be more proud of you guys for making that decision. Just three things to remember. Number one, the devil hates it. He's going he's gonna to try to stop you. Number two, if you're not applying it every day and trying to practice it every day, you'll find yourself done with it. And number three, if you don't ask the Holy Spirit to help you, it won't be long before you're done. It won't be effective unless he's in control. I want to encourage you, remember that in your decisions.